Welcome to the Mama Say Fit podcast. Today we're going to be sharing Casey's two birth stories where she had two unplanned cesarean births. We're going to talk about how she became pregnant, navigating her pregnancies, and then her two births, plus how she processed her births afterwards. Welcome to the Mama Safe Fit Podcast. This is Gina, perinatal fitness trainer and birth doula. And this is Roxanne, labor and delivery nurse and student midwife. And this is the Mama Safe Fit Podcast, where we empower you on your prenatal fitness, birth, and postpartum return to fitness journey. Our podcast shares how to move throughout your pregnancy to stay strong and comfortable. Pain is not a requirement of pregnancy. Understand the science of birth and how to approach recovery after birth. We share our personal experiences as mothers navigating the stage of lives, plus our professional expertise as birth workers and fitness professionals. Our goal is to help you feel confident as you navigate the perinatal timeframe for an empowering pregnancy, positive birth, and postpartum journey. We are glad to have you with us on this journey and that you've chosen us to support you. Hi, this is Casey Backus. I am a physical therapist and yoga instructor and mom to two little boys. And I'll be sharing my birth story today and kind of my journey through pregnancy and the postpartum and healing two unplanned C-sections. Coping through that, it's something that we get quite a bit of feedback on and comments about how do you move forward when your birth story isn't maybe the magical birth story that you planned for or maybe just far different from how you planned. And so I got pregnant a little bit later in life. So in my later 30s, 36, with my first son through the help of fertility assistance. And so was really excited to be on that journey. And aside from going through IUI and all that that entails, really it was relatively uncomplicated. And I was feeling pretty healthy at the time. My husband and I happened to be the type of a couple that blood work wise or fertility wise, essentially what we were hearing from the team was that we really just didn't look favorable on paper. And I kept saying, like the yoga teacher and meditator in me just kept saying like, I don't believe that's true. Like it just doesn't feel true to me. I feel like I know I'm going to be a mom. I feel like I know my body can get pregnant. Like I know what the numbers say, but please just let us try. And they really didn't want to let us try IUI because of combination of factors with us. But we had a great team at the army hospital near where we live and they were willing to give us, you know, one shot at IUI. And um, we were lucky enough to get pregnant with our first son. And it was relatively uncomplicated after that. And so I kind of let my guard down a little bit. I was happy to be healthy and moving through the pregnancy. It was generally pretty magical, pretty uncomplicated. And um, teaching yoga all throughout and working full time as a PT in a local physical therapist assistant program, local college, and really was not really in tune to anything other than like, yeah, I, you know, I, I know the body inside and out physically and the physiology of it. And I teach anatomy and I'm this yoga teacher and I train yoga teachers. And so like, I expect that I'll be able to do this. I was a former collegiate athlete, like had a lot of trust and connection with my body. I'll be honest, like I did not read one paragraph about C-section because like probably other moms out there, (laughs) 
I was like, yeah, that's cool, but like, that's not for me. Like, that's not how it's gonna work out for me. And spoiler alert, <laughs> that's how it worked out for me. You know, we don't always know how our story will unfold. And I had some medical complications toward the end of the pregnancy that required an earlier induction. Um, not super early, 37 weeks for preeclampsia or concerns for preeclampsia, some kind of early labor stuff. And so they said, you know, let's just induce. And um, the induction was okay, but tuning into my body, I was like, I don't really think my body's getting on board with this induction. They kept, you know, turning up the Pitocin and the nurses would come back and be like, how do you feel now? And I'm like, uh, I mean, it's kind of annoying, but I'm not really feeling much. And so I think they broke my water and I kind of progressed through labor through the night. And I don't know, it was at least a day. <laughs> I think it was close to 30 hours or so. And I started to exhibit some signs of infection and fever and just fatigue and discomfort at that point. And I wasn't progressing, <laughs> which um, is kind of like tattooed on my brain. If anybody that's had an induction that ended in C-section they are oftentimes don't hesitate to use the phrase failure to progress, which really hurt my heart, honestly. It was like, I'm really trying, like I'm trying to endure the pain. I'm trying to, you know, do what you tell me to do. I'm trying to move around, do what I know. And so kind of surrendering to that experience and ending in C-section. And it was relatively uncomplicated. My son and I both did well and he was in my arms. Shortly after that, they did accidentally give him to my sister to hold. So that is always like a running family joke that she held my son, my very, very first son before I ever had a chance to, but she's a big support system for me. So if anybody was gonna get a chance, I guess, besides my husband and I. Let's take a break from this week's episode to hear from one of our sponsors, Needed, a nutrition company focused on optimal nourishment for the perinatal journey. We need choline to support our baby's neural tube formation and cognitive development, as well as for our own health benefits. But many of us are not getting enough choline in our diets, and most prenatals include only a bare minimum amount or none at all. New research also suggests that we need double of the current recommendations. That's one of the reasons I love Needed so much. Needed's core products contain choline, plus they have a choline add-on. I highly recommend adding Needed's choline onto any prenatal vitamin you are taking. To get started, head to thisisneeded.com and use code MAMASTAYPOD for 20% off your first order or first three months of a Needed subscription. And things were okay. And I would say that first time I pretty much just like suffered quietly. Lots of voices around me, like family and friends, like, oh, you know, healthy mom, healthy baby, that's all that matters. And I kind of nodded. I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, no, totally right. Like, it's fine. I'm fine. I, you know, it, it worked out great. We're great. And he was nursing well. And like, I kind of was falling into that. Like, I don't have anything to complain about, but just felt lots of just under the surface feelings of like, I didn't finish the race. Like I wasn't able to get there. And that was pretty challenging. I would talk about it a little bit, but even in my circle, I really didn't have really anybody that I knew that their birth ended in C-section. I have two sisters and my mom and everybody birthed vaginally. So I was kind of the first one in my family, the first woman in my family. And they were very supportive. But of course, I'm like, I know, but you all did it. Like you all were able to do it and I wasn't or my body wasn't. And so I wouldn't say that a whole lot of healing happened. I think I just kind of moved past it, but let some of those feelings just lie deep beneath the surface and was fortunate enough to get pregnant all on my own at about 13 months postpartum and was super actively involved in Mama Stay Fit at that time and kind of came into the gym one day and I said, hey, Gina, 
I need to switch programs. And she was like, what? I said, yeah, I need to go back on the prenatal programming. I'm pregnant again. And so it went from there and I worked pretty hard. That pregnancy, in hindsight, I was training myself for some sort of redemption. Like those deep down feelings of that birth didn't work out and I'm going to do better this time. Like I promise I'm going to Whatever it is, some version of like, if I work harder, it wouldn't have been like that. Or if I would have just, you know, watched this, then that would have been good. Or if I would have walked more or whatever the story is, like, you know, just trying to talk myself out of the way that it actually worked out. And so I was like, man, I'm doing it. I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to have a V-back. Gina was my doula. Like we were working on all the things that we knew were the best things (laughs) for me to prep and to have this V-back. And now like the caveat is I was prepping as well as you can with a 13-month-old toddling around and being reckless like 13-month-old can be or, you know, two years and younger can be. So, you know, that was a little bit challenging, but still I felt like I was ready. And then just like clockwork at about 37 weeks, I had the flu. And then at about 38 weeks, they said, we need to induce. You're showing signs of preeclampsia again. So I'm like, no, I just, I don't, this is not what I want. I'm, you know, trying so hard. And I did all the protocols and the baby aspirin and all the things that I found in the research that would reduce the risk of preeclampsia. I'm like, I did the working out and, you know, my placenta should be healthy. And so It was a bummer because despite all my best efforts, my body started birthing again in the same way it did the first time around. You know, hindsight's 20-20. I have some gratitude for it because after enduring the experience the second time, which I really don't even need to describe because I could describe it the first time, and it's almost identical. The babies were the exact same size. The labor took almost the exact same length. I ended up with a fever and just started to get sick or I guess my uterus, you know, Now I understand, I guess, that my uterus was getting sick. And then it was time for C-section. And in the second experience, though, I called it. I called it sooner. Like, I could just feel like I knew, like, this is what's happening. And talk to Gina, talk to my husband. And it took several hours to get in for C-section. There were a few emergent situations that night. But felt much more at peace with transitioning into C-section that way. And really a great learning lesson for me that... One birth can be healing for another, you know, for past experiences, but that we really owe each birth its own individual attention and that it shouldn't be, I'm going to do better this time. It's going to be redemption or something like it's a different child. And, you know, as we know now from being moms, every child needs something different and every pregnancy is so different. And after that second C-section, there was a bit more of like acceptance and embracing like, okay, I'm probably not going to have any more kids. And so this is my story. And I will walk through this earth and on my journey and probably not know the experience of an empowered, unmedicated vaginal birth. Like that's not going to be part of my story. And so how can I inhabit my story (laughs) instead of focusing on the story I didn't have? And one of the ways that has been incredibly therapeutic for me was to start teaching other women how to care for themselves after C-section, primarily care for the tissues, the scar tissues. We do that through scar tissue mobilization. And so leading webinars and sharing tips on skin healing and skin mobilization, that's the meat and potatoes of it. But if you've ever attended that webinar, you know that there is the science talk about all the (laughs) mobilization and the technique. And we talk about learning how to do it. But we also talk about the fact that C-sections are not, there's no blame. No one's at fault. It's not about 
some lack of preparation or a lack of toughness or anything that you may be feeling, lack of athleticism or endurance that, you know, we all birth differently and our babies come into this world differently. And so that's something that really has just become an unexpected part of my story and an unexpected part of my journey. Really until, I don't want to say now, because I think I've known before now, but seeing that like you do a little bit of the why me and then to actually just say like well why not me I'm kind of the perfect person to talk about all this stuff to blend in the mindfulness to blend in the physical therapy and anatomy and physiology of the tissues and also personal experience like I'm standing in this space with this experience and so you know that's what this season of life for me right now as a PT looks like I'm actually really grateful every time we do the webinar which is usually every couple months it's an experience of gratitude to provide relief for other people just by saying a little bit of my story or just by saying a little bit of like what they may be thinking. Now, I know everybody's totally different. Some people have planned C-sections. Some people are joyful about their C-sections and, you know, have a little bit more acceptance than I did. But in general, you know, for me, it's kind of extending a hand into a space where sometimes women who've had cesarean births are otherwise kind of forgotten or just treated like, just follow everybody else. Like just, we're all marching this way. Just do whatever the people with vaginal birth are doing. And that's just not always appropriate. So um, that's my story. And, and that's kind of also a bit of the origin of how some of our cesarean programs came to be was through part of my own healing journey. Do you have any advice for folks throughout their pregnancy if they're trying to decide between going for a VBAC or a vaginal birth after C-section or choosing to have a repeat C-section? Yeah, I think I do. One of the things that works for me well is to think about in any situation, not so much exactly how I want it to work out, but more so how I want to feel about it. And I wanted to feel in that VBAC attempt, or I think sometimes called a TOLAC, a trial of labor after cesarean, that I wanted to feel like I had tried. Like I knew there would have been some disappointment, reservation, doubt, wonder, curiosity of like, oh, like what if I, you know, if only I would have just tried it, maybe it would have worked out for me. So I think that for me, it was important to try, but I also have, there's also another part of me that was like, when my intuition kind of spoke up that <laughs> that this is not going to happen, I wish I would have called it sooner because I feel like I kind of knew, like my body was talking to me and I kind of understood that it felt exactly the same as something I had felt before. And so I kind of knew how it would go, but there's no shame in trying. And I think focusing on how you want to feel, and that's maybe that you tried or feel empowered in your choice or any other things that might be important to you along the way that you didn't want to miss out on, whether that could just be like advocating for all of the same golden hour type things in the operating room, which totally can be accommodated as long as it's not an emergent situation. Yeah. So just, I would say, think it through about what it means to you and what maybe some of your own biases are. I think, I feel like we had a blog on that now that we're saying it, it's like coming to mind that I'm like, I wrote that stuff too somewhere, <laughs> somewhere. We'll find it. <laughs> we'll find it. But yeah, it's a lot and expect healing kind of holistically, mind, body, spirit, all the things and telling the birth story to somebody who's trusted can be really helpful. Do you have any advice for some of our followers that maybe have had an unplanned or unexpected cesarean birth and approaching their recovery both physically and emotionally? 
Yeah, it can be really intimidating. I personally had worked in the hospital for many years, and so I wasn't queasy necessarily about the bandages or the dressing or some of the basic hospital instructions or wound care instructions. I kind of was okay with that. But if that's not ever been in your field of view, it could be incredibly overwhelming to have this major incision, especially if you've never had surgery before, navigating anesthesia, and the kind of overwhelming sense of fear concern when I talk to women who've had cesarean birth that's such a resounding thing that they say like I don't know like I don't want to mess it up I don't want to bust it open I don't want my like organs to spill all over I have a very dear friend from yoga who in her initial return to yoga said I kind of moved like a Fabergé egg because I was just afraid I was going to break so there can be fear fear around touching your incision around moving again about how strong those tissues are when can you start to touch them. And that's kind of all part of the scar mobilization stuff that we talk about. It's like that you can kind of start right away just gently washing in the shower, just getting used to touching the incision. And then we move into the actual deeper tissue techniques of scar mobilization. A very common thing that we hear from followers is, what if these instructions about scar mobilization, touching my scar, acknowledging my scar, just make me want to vomit? Number one, it's so common. It's so, so common. And so the instruction or guidance that I share with that is that start far away from the incision if you're learning the scar mobilization techniques or the desensitization techniques and just do it on your arm. Like just take one hand and move the tissues around on your arm where it's very non-threatening. Your brain is okay with being touched there and it feels totally fine. And then the next time advance to your upper belly, like just under your rib cage, nowhere near your incision, always with the idea that you have permission to stop. If you get queasy (laughs) and then just let it be and don't do it anymore. And then the next day or a couple of days later, come back, try that same upper belly, maybe see if you can walk your fingers a little bit closer. And eventually just letting the brain get to a place where it's embracing the techniques and it's willing to be touched there. Because, you know, essentially like you may have known that you were going to have a C-section, but your body has been, you know, totally taken by surprise by the whole experience. And so some of those things can really trigger defense mechanisms or kind of that fight or flight, that resistance. So being easy with yourself and um, taking your time working toward the scar. (laughs) There's nothing that says that you're going to run out of time if you don't start scar mobilization on the sixth week or, you know, you've got time and better to be more compliant with it. (laughs) And because you feel more comfortable and more willing to do it than to just torture yourself and feel absolutely terrible about it. So that's my advice. And always, you know, find a PT or a trusted body worker that maybe can help you navigate moving the tissues around afterwards as you heal. So a couple things from an emotional perspective, two things, and one is just a bit anecdotal. You know, it's not, I don't really have evidence for this, but I know that it happens. And that is when you navigate the scar that you can feel a little bit emotional. Just looking at the scar, touching the scar is a bit of accepting kind of your birth story. And many people with cesarean birth have some sort of traumatic experience associated with that. And at a minimum, it can just be scary and intimidating to be wheeled away maybe from your partner and into the operating room that you're just not familiar with. So I would say just accepting that there's kind of a big emotional piece to that experience, especially if it was unexpected. And then navigating the emotional piece of potentially being disappointed in your birth story. Like, how can I fully embrace my child? I love my child. I'm happy to be a mom. I'm grateful that modern medicine saved me and my baby, but also I just like, ugh. 
I just feel disappointed. That's not how I wanted it to go. And like how much of life it goes like that. Like, <laughs> it's just not how I planned it. And, you know, getting to the place where you have somebody that you feel safe saying that out loud, or maybe just listening to me say it out loud <laughs> and saying like, well, you know, she doesn't seem like a jerk. Like that seems like an okay thing to say. Like, can we hold multiple emotions in the same cup? Can we hold multiple emotions at the same time in the same heart? Like, yes, we absolutely can. You can love your family and your child and still not love how the experience that you had entering into motherhood or, you know, in your birth experience. And I think that being able to move through some of that is really helpful. As always, like I'm not a mental health professional, so I'm a big advocate for using mental health professional services to navigate things like telling birth story and working through any kind of trauma you might experience. So just using all the tools, all the resources for sure. I'm a pretty big advocate for therapy, and I think everyone could benefit from it. But I think a lot of people with birth, like finding a specific perinatal mental health professional just to talk about your birth, if you have any sort of feelings about it, can be so beneficial. It's almost like you take your car into the shop to get it, its oil change. So it's like going to therapy is like just getting an oil change. So we all feel really good. But one question that I would have for Casey would be, so if we ourselves obviously have not had a C-section ourselves, but we all know somebody, we have all have somebody in our lives that have had a C-section. Maybe we didn't know how to help them during their recovery or like what to say to kind of ask them, like, what do they need from us to help them during their recovery? What could have someone had said to you differently during your recovery that maybe would have helped you more than like, oh, well, at least healthy mom, healthy baby <laughs> is the goal. Cause that's definitely not helpful for anyone that I know. But that's such a good question. I think that healthy mom, healthy baby thing is just like so much that people say to pregnant people and like postpartum is well-meaning, but it's dismissive. I think there's sensitivity in my personal experience as a cesarean birthing mom and then in the community of women that I've shared the scar mobilization. There's a sensitivity around C-section being unnatural or an easy way out or just some of those things. So I guess this, this is more the opposite of your question. It's like, what shouldn't they say? But you know, making any kind of lewd jokes about, well, at least you didn't push a baby out, which believe me, it does happen. Like people say stuff. It's, I just think it gets uncomfortable. They don't know what to say, you know, or, oh, you will, your husband will be happy. And like, what are we talking about right now? Like, this is just inappropriate. Yeah. I think the things that we can say to moms with cesarean birth is, I know you and I know how hard you prepared and you definitely made you know the best choice for you and your baby, or I'm so glad that you're safe, or I'm so glad you had a support team that could meet the needs that you had, and or you know, there's no way you could have known, or you did everything that you knew to do, and and maybe this is just your body's like your body's way. Maybe nobody did anything wrong. And I think that's you know something tricky is like, where do we place the blame when it doesn't go our way? <laughs> I'm grateful for meditation and mindfulness techniques to just follow some of the chatter in my mind and experience some of those things. Even those projections like, oh, I, I don't want to tell Gina. Well, Gina was there, but like <laughs> smacking me awake as they're <laughs> closing my wound, giving me too much pain medicine. But you know, like what if everybody knows like how hard I've been working and ugh, like I hate to admit that this didn't work out, that kind of thing. Like those feelings, I think just being open and not stigmatizing yourself, I guess. <laughs> if you have any thoughts about cesarean birth, maybe just hearing me talk about it might say like, oh, I never thought about that. I probably have said those things to people. 
I don't know. I don't know if that really fully answers it, but I think just becoming more aware of how someone who's had a birth experience that's less than, I don't want to say less than optimal, that's not right, because I don't know, there's an optimal experience. I would just say different than what they planned. Maybe hold space for their disappointment without judgment. You know, hey, that's okay. That's not how you hoped it would work out, you know, like... (laughs) which I'm a mom of a three and a five-year-old now. And I feel like I say that 10 times a day when things get spilled or broken or there's tears and big feelings. It's like, hey, this isn't how you wanted it to work out. (laughs) And that can go a long way. That can go a long way. I feel like sometimes just like giving someone the space to let us know that, let them know that we're there for them. They can share their feelings with us and we will not judge them, can just go along with everything in life. No judgment. It can make such a big difference in a lot of our relationships, not just necessarily birth support. We all definitely want this like perfect phrase to say to somebody to heal them from their experience, to take away all the disappointment and all these like hard feelings that for probably most of our lives, we've kind of shoved to the side. I know for me, like I have a really hard time crying in front of people because I have kind of shut down what I viewed to be like negative emotions for such a long period in my life. And so when I see other people experiencing these like big emotions, my initial response is to try to think of some magic phrase to heal it all. And there is no magic response. And I think what's been most successful for me as a doula helping my clients who have had birth experiences that they were not expecting to include still having a vaginal birth, but maybe it didn't go the way that they had hoped. Maybe they got induced when they weren't hoping to, or they got an epidural when they weren't planning to. And then if they have a cesarean birth and that was not their original plan is just to hold space for them and to let them know, hey, this isn't your fault. Nothing you did or didn't do made you deserve to have the birth that you didn't want. And that's really all that I can do at that point. And to just let them know that I'm here for them as they are healing and to provide the physical support as they heal from a cesarean birth or a birthday they didn't expect to give them kind of the advice that they're not getting from their provider as they kind of get wheelchaired out of the hospital with a brand new baby and a major abdominal wound. So that's kind of my advice as a doula of how I approach helping my clients after cesareans. And usually whenever I have a client that's getting wheeled to the OR, I'm immediately texting Casey to be like, what can I say? What's the magic phrase? Even though every single time she tells me there is no phrase, Gina, I've told you this, just hold space and tell them that it's not their fault. And I'm like, oh yeah, but I was hoping by now you would have come up with that phrase for me. One of these births, Casey will come up with the magic (laughs) phrase and we will share it with you all. But the most important thing is just to hold space in a non-judgmental way and also hold that space for yourself and to be okay with being disappointed and to be sad and to wish for something different to have happened and to know that that doesn't take away from your love for your baby. It's not going to take away from your ability to be a mother and we can still be as amazing as we are as mothers and our birth stories as impactful as they can be on us and we will probably remember our stories for the rest of our lives. It's only a small piece of our child's and entire life. It doesn't have to define how we approach motherhood or how we move on from that point, but it still is an important healing process that we don't have to just shove it into a jar and never address it again. Like we should heal from it, but it's okay if it's not exactly as you had hoped it to be. 
So thank you so much, Casey, for sharing your two birth stories with us and for being a part of Mama Stay Fit and helping us to support cesarean moms who have had either a planned or an unplanned C-section and then to support their healing postpartum. I know that Casey has played a huge role for us in developing our C-section recovery program and for developing the scar mobilization program and now adding on our prenatal yoga and mindfulness work. It has really helped us support more folks who have had different experiences from us personally, and we're really glad to have Casey on our team. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, which was Casey's two cesarean births and kind of her process through her pregnancies, her births, and then healing postpartum. If you've loved this episode, make sure you subscribe to our channel so that you can catch our future episodes. If you want to follow us, check us out on Instagram or our YouTube channel where we post tons of free content. And then we also offer tons of online childbirth education courses, perinatal fitness programming, and then also we're starting to expand more on our postpartum programmings. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. The Mama Stay Fit podcast is sponsored by Needed, a nutrition company focused on optimal nourishment for your perinatal journey. Use code MAMASTAYFITPOD for 20% off your first order.